to continue those conversations later. Uh, But as we come to look at God's word a bit more closely, let's pray. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you that your word uh, reveals the secrets uh, of your kingdom. We pray that you'd help us uh, to listen in to what you have to say to us tonight about it. Uh, In particular, Lord, we pray that you give us soft hearts uh, so that we believe what you have to say uh, in particular. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I wonder how much do you think Christianity matters in our world today? How much do you think it matters in our world right now? Well, I remember about five years ago uh, hearing at an extended family gathering uh, what my family think about this. Uh, Each year, all of my aunties, uncles, cousins uh, get together and we basically share what we're doing now. And at this particular gathering, uh, one of my cousins was sharing that uh, he now owns a boat chartering business. Another was uh, saying that he's now market, got a job marketing A-League soccer. And another cousin explained that uh, he's on, well on his way to being a financial planner. And when it got to me, I, I shared that, well, actually, I'm leaving my accounting job uh, to train for Christian ministry. And at that moment, uh, everyone just went silent. My family sort of looked at me with confused expressions. And as I continued to speak with them, I found out It wasn't that they were angry about me doing Christian ministry, but they were just thinking, Dan, why don't you do something that matters? Why don't you do something that actually makes a difference in this world? And I wonder if you've ever experienced something like this. Your family and friends wonder why you spend all all of your time at church, Bible studies and youth group, instead of training to be fit, working towards a promotion, and earning enough to buy the latest TV. All of these things seem so much more important than Christianity, don't they? So how much does Christianity actually matter? Well, the people in Jesus' day were probably uh, asking a similar question because Jesus has been going about his ministry, but as he's been teaching, uh, he's not been getting much of a following. People aren't believing it. And so it doesn't seem like Jesus is achieving all that much. And yet what Jesus is teaching shows us that the kingdom matters. And we'll see that it matters for two reasons. Because it divides and it conquers. The kingdom matters because it will divide and it will conquer. And so firstly, how does the kingdom divide? Well, we see it in our first parable, the parable of the weeds. And what's the story here? Well, there's this guy sowing seed, and imagine it. You're sowing seed in your field, uh, trying to produce wheat. When you go to sleep at night, uh, someone comes and starts sowing seed for weeds in your field. And these aren't just like ordinary weeds, like what I grow at home. Uh, They're a special kind of weed that looks exactly like wheat when it sprouts. It's called a darnel or wild oats. And I didn't realise this, but we actually have an expert on this in our church, uh, Keith Watson. So I chatted with Keith and I found out uh, that he explained to me that he was part of a team that invented a herbicide that distinguishes between wheat and weeds. And so what happens is a farmer will spray Keith's herbicide all over their crop and the herbicide will kill the weeds but leave the wheat to grow. And it actually doubles the farmer's produce. So this herbicide is still being sold all over the world to distinguish between wheat and weeds. 
But of course, back in Jesus' day, they didn't have Keith's herbicide. So they couldn't tell the difference between the weed and the weeds. And so basically what we've got in this parable is a field full of wheat and weeds that look exactly the same. And that's what we see in verses 24 to 25. Take a look. It says, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So if you're the owner, what will you do about the weeds then? Well, by this stage, it's probably the following spring since you've sown the seed to grow uh, wheat and the wheat has now grown and formed heads and so your servants are able to spot that there are weeds in your field and so they come to you and say, someone sowed weeds in the field, do you want us to pull them up? Now, if it was me, I'd say, yeah, sure, now bring in Keith's herbicide and we'll get rid of the weeds. But this this sower actually says, no, leave the weeds. Because he realises that by this stage, the roots of the wheat and the weeds will have all intertwined. So if the servants try to pull the weeds up, they'll pull the wheat up at the same time. So instead, the owner says to the servants, there'll be a division at the harvest, a complete separation. We'll collect all of the weeds and we'll burn them uh, and then we'll gather all of the wheat and bring it into the barn. Take a look at verse 30 says, let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I'll tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. And so that's the parable, but what does it teach us about the kingdom? Well, this is one of the few parables that Jesus actually explains for us. So if you take a look at verses 37 to 40, Um, Jesus tells the disciples what each part of the parable represents. So we'll read that now. So Jesus says, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. So Jesus is the sower. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. The enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. So Jesus is saying you've got this field and it has this world and it's got two kinds of people in it. There's the wheat just as the and just as the there's people who belong to the kingdom and people who belong to the devil. And just as the wheat and the weeds look the same, uh, so so do the so do these two kinds of people. They live in the same world and they rub shoulders together. And so there's nothing obvious to tell them apart. And this is a bit like what we see with Christians and non-Christians today. They look the same. You see, uh, it's not as if Christians walk around with two heads or four arms. Uh, We don't have halos or dinner plates behind our heads. No, we get the same jobs as non-Christians, we drive on the same roads, and we get sick all the same. But given that people of the kingdom and the devil look the same, does it really matter whether you're part of the kingdom? Well, Jesus goes on to say that it does matter because it's, his kingdom divides. And as with most of Jesus' parables, the sting is in the tail. So the key to the parable is at the end that we need to pay close attention to. You see, Jesus says, although the sons of the kingdom and the devil look alike, there'll be a final separation, a final division at the end of the age. 
and their destinations couldn't be any more different. It's actually the difference between heaven and hell. It's the fire and the barn, gnashing of teeth and shining like the sun, eternal misery and eternal bliss. And so whether you're part of the kingdom or not is of eternal significance. You see, the people in Jesus' time were a bit like my family. They were thinking that the kingdom doesn't really matter. But Jesus shows us that there's nothing more important than it because there's going to be a division at the end of the age. And that's what we're told in verses 40 to 43. Take a look. It says, As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. So first we've seen that the kingdom matters because it divides people. And secondly, we see that the kingdom matters because it conquers. And how how will it conquer? Well, Jesus tells us in the next two parables. And so first he speaks about this mustard seed that grows. And in that day, mustard seeds were known for being tiny. They were renowned for being tiny. So if you heard Jesus mention that a mustard seed, straight away you'd be thinking about something that's really, really small. And then he contrasts it with what it grows into a tree that's big enough for birds to come and perch in. But even then, you'd know that this sort of tree actually isn't that impressive. It's only about two metres tall, so that's a bit taller than me and even a bit taller than Chris. And so at best you'd call it a small tree or perhaps a big plant. But what is impressive and what Jesus wants you to see is the growth that happens. That it starts off as something as small as the tiny seed and it grows into a substantial tree that's over two metres tall. And so Jesus is teaching the crowds that this is a bit like how the kingdom grows. I mean, you can just imagine the crowds listening to all this and they're thinking, this guy Jesus, he says that he's bringing in the kingdom, but look at it, no one's really listening to him and his following just seems so small. Surely if God's kingdom would have come, it would be something grand. But notice Jesus is telling them that this is the way God's kingdom works. At the start it seems tiny, unassuming, but its growth will be explosive and one day you'll be blown away by how great it is. So take a look at verses 31 to 32. That's where we see it. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. Though it's the smallest of all your seeds... Yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. And he also teaches us the same thing in the next parable, uh, the parable of the yeast. He says that there's a woman who mixes a small amount of yeast uh, into a large batch of flour. Uh, And she does have a lot of flour uh, because if you look in the footnote of the NIV, it tells you that it was about 27 kilograms worth. So that's about 27 of those packets of flour that you get from Coles or Woolworths. And when she takes this small amount of yeast and mixes it into all this flour, it spreads through all the dough. And so again, Jesus is teaching 
he's saying that the kingdom may seem small at the beginning, but whether you like it or not, it will grow and conquer. And in the end, no one will be able to deny that God's kingdom has come. And when you think about it, we've actually begun to see the growth that these parables are talking about. But because when Jesus said this, Christianity was just a tiny movement on the edge of the Roman Empire. But from then it grew rapidly in the 1st, 2nd and 3rd centuries uh, because they did things so differently to, then to the pagan world. Uh, they wouldn't abandon their babies and they, they took care of the people who were sick. And from that it's continued to grow and it's become one of the dominant religions in the world. And this is actually just scratching the surface because when you think about it, the greatest impact of the kingdom is that people from every generation have been saved and brought into it. And so we know that the kingdom is growing and it will conquer. And on the last day there will be no denying it. There will be a great multitude all worshipping Jesus. And so the parable shows us that the kingdom grows and conquers. Take a look at verse 33. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked through all the dough. And so God's kingdom matters because in the end it will divide and conquer. But as you hear this, you've got to ask, uh, does the kingdom actually matter right now? Or is it something you've only got to worry about in the future? Because in many ways, Christians and non-Christians do look alike now. Um, As we've seen, we go to the same workplaces, we drive on the same roads and we get the same sicknesses. And so surely there are other things that are more important now uh, than the kingdom. Things that make a bigger difference. I mean, what shares you buy could affect your bank balance for the next five years. The career path that you choose could affect what you do for work for the next 10 to 20 years. And who you decide to marry, well, that'll affect who you're with for the rest of your life. And yet Jesus says the kingdom is more important than all of these things because whether you're part of the kingdom or not uh, will affect where you spend all eternity. It's whether you're, part of, whether you're the, in the barn or the fire, eternal bliss or eternal misery, heaven or hell. And so as important as shares, careers and relationships are, None of this comes close to mattering as much as the kingdom does. And it matters right now because if you really believe that this is true, then there's too much at stake to put it off. You can't leave it till later. You might be able to put off buying shares because if you miss out, then you only stand to lose money. But you can't afford to put off being part of the kingdom because what do you risk losing? Well, it's where you'll spend all eternity. So the stakes are just too high to put it off. It, whether, it, whether or not, so it matters whether you're part of the kingdom now. And when you are part of the kingdom, it's still the most important thing. You see, it's possible to lose sight of the kingdom and to start to think that your shares or your career or your relationships matter more. But the kingdom always has to be the top priority of your life because it's still the thing that matters now. And this is the kingdom to be part of because it is the only kingdom that will stand in the end. You see, it's not like the other kingdoms of this world. The Roman Empire had small beginnings and it grew to conquer the world. But where is it now? 
It didn't last. And that's like every kingdom in history. And so we're living in Australia, and, it, and for the most part, it's beautiful. Uh, just by living here, you're automatically among the richest people in the world. Uh, we live comfortable lives, and we have freedom to do so much of what we want to do in life. We live in the most livable city in the world. But as good as Australia is, as beautiful as it is, just like the Roman Empire, it won't last. But thankfully Jesus says that his kingdom will. His kingdom will last forever. Uh, It's the kingdom that will conquer and stand forever. And so wouldn't you want to be part of this kingdom? And so how do you become part of the kingdom then? Well, all you need to do is listen to Jesus and believe. You need to listen to the message of the parable. And as we saw last week, there's no massive secret to this. You don't need to, there's no formula that you need to decode. All you need to do is use your ears. It's about whether you, be, whether you believe in a part of this kingdom or you live for a different kingdom. And deciding to live for Jesus' kingdom is the most important decision you'll ever make. You see... My family and friends think that uh, working in a great job like accounting is what really matters. Some of my other friends think that getting fit or having the latest technology is what really matters. But actually that couldn't be further from the truth because what really matters is being part of God's kingdom. It's the difference between heaven and hell uh, and and it's being in the only kingdom that will last. And when you really think about it, nothing could matter more than that. So let's pray. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, that your word tells us that there's nothing that matters more than your kingdom. Because in the end, there will be a division between heaven and hell. And your kingdom will be the only thing that that stands forever. So Lord, we we pray that you please help us uh, to listen uh, into the King, Jesus, uh, and that you would have us live for your kingdom above everything else in life. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.